All right, everybody, welcome to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This is Andrew, the guy that knows too much about video games on this podcast anyway. <laughs> and this time I'm joined by... This is Ben, and, uh, you know, Andrew's video game podcast coverage is giving us an ideal to strive for, so we are going to join him <laughs> in the slump. <laughs> well, great. Great <laughs> coffee. time. <laughs> yes, it's me, uh, back to talk about Superman's video games. It's Zachary <laughs> Jackson... Brown Esquire, the third. He got dressed up for this one. Yes. <laughs> he put on I knew Andrew attire. was going to give me shit the minute I got on the camera. <laughs> I, unlike his, uh, I don't know what Andrew does, his photography work, I was out working in the yard this afternoon <laughs> like a man. So Aren't I'm you still on Zoom all the time? What? Don't you don't you teach on Zoom for a living? I'm not teaching right now. This is my last day of vacation. I was so good at vacationing up like a man. That's right. <laughs> so I'm We're wearing my, my Jaws shirt today. Okay. <laughs> then another. We got another teacher here with us. Actually, it's old Japan buddy. Hey, Mike. Hey. Mike is here. So yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I uh, I. After playing all these games, I might have wished that you invited me on a different show, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of these are pretty painful. Um, but yeah, uh, Mike taught English with me in Japan when I I lived there for three years. You had already been there for three years or something by the time I got there, right? So it was I actually had some non-consecutive time there. I, I was there in 2001 oh. um, with the Jet program. I right forgot out of about college. That. And then I came back to America and um, found that, you know, America was pretty much uh, in a bad way. It still kind of is <laughs> as a result of 9-11 and all. And uh, I did some teaching in New York for a while, but then I decided to go back to Japan. And I went back in, uh, I think, March of 2005. So it was okay. just, a, just about a year ahead, I think, before you came in again. That's right. I was 06 09. Okay, cool. Yeah, and um, like many people that go to Japan... We kind of got our <laughs> love for Japan from video games in the 90s. It's, <laughs> so, yo, it's, so it's the softest power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Japan soft power. That's right. That Matt Alt talks about. Um, yeah. So uh, one way to connect uh, all these interests is, the, is doing superhero video game stuff. And this time we're going to rank every Superman video game. <laughs> okay as painful as that's gonna be um <laughs> and i will like to say at the top of this that it probably won't be everyone ever because let's say like for for example superman returns came out for ps2 but also nintendo ds and all that shit we're just gonna do the the ps2 version for that one and so on uh and we're actually gonna skip the pc games because I grew up mainly a console gamer. There aren't that many anyway uh, for Superman. And um, sorry if you really love Superman Activity Center in 1998, but we're going <laughs> to be one skipping that out one. there. I yeah. mean, maybe we could do a separate show for the Activity Center. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do, <laughs> It'll we'll be do, for the Patreon. <laughs> we'll do a different one. So, yeah. Oh, the other thing to bring up is uh, this is going to be games in which Superman is a main character. So we're kind of skipping games like Injustice and anything else. He's kind of a, like DC Online or whatever. He's in it, but he's not the main focus. So we're skipping those kind of games. And um, we are going to be using the this tier system that you've seen online. 
uh, S is at the top, which I think is a Japanese influence also being S. Um, yeah, didn't you think... see the kids' report cards when we were over there? It's, it's S at the top, right? <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding, man. I don't okay. know. What does S mean? I, it's definitely imported from Japan's like arcade scene with fighting games and stuff like that. But And, and you could play like Devil May Cry and find the S rank in Triple S. I don't know where the hell that comes from, though. I think Super. But the thing is, yeah, I first noticed this Fitting. one playing Pilot Wings on Super Nintendo. Ah. And I remember thinking... I was never good enough for that. Even when I was a kid, I was like, S above A? What is going on here? And now we see it on internet culture to this day. So hmm. it must have some lasting power. Um, it sounds like an old man conversation at this point. <laughs> the kids are just fucking accepting the S, I bet. It's um, not an S. My world, yes. it stands for hope. That's true. It's the hope category. <laughs> <laughs> hope there were more games like this. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So the first Superman video game ever was Superman for the Atari 2600 in 1979. Uh, Superman is an action-adventure game for Atari 2600 de uh, designed by John Dunn. And published by Atari in 1979. This, this seems so old. Anything before the 80s for video games, man. It's like, wow, that, that existed? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but yeah, they did. It, there was a scene even at that time. Um, this was one of the first single-player games for the system. And it was one of the earliest licensed video games. Uh, Lex Luthor is the villain in this. Uh, he destroys a bridge in the first level, and Clark <laughs> Kent must go to the phone booth and then uh, change. You do this manually, by the way. Uh, it's, it's not it's not a cutscene. <laughs> you you <laughs> open up the shirt manually. You're just like, all right, right hand on this side of the shirt, left hand on the other, and then like rip. Well, generally it would be like a cutscene in modern day gaming. Yeah, but it's like you have to l watch the fucking bridge blow up and then go left on the other screen. To the fucking, um, you know, phone booth, and then you change, and then you get, you know, Atari graphic Superman uh, <laughs> that you're seeing in the, I, in the I'm YouTube seeing this version. now, and I'm like, wow. oh, wait a minute. So his head is also orange? And his feet are orange. <laughs> okay, this is the thing we got to bring up for people our age, too, and anybody younger than us listening to this. Our video gaming uh, for our age, and I think Mike's the same way. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. I'm, I'm is, uh, 41. You're 41. Okay. Well, NES was ground zero for gaming for me. Hmm. Graphics started, for me begin. You started with Atari? Okay. Yeah. To me, graphics begin with the Nintendo. So to see graphics worse than that, <laughs> it's it's kind of uh, eye-popping <laughs> in a bad way. Yeah. I mean, I started, I got, um, I think it was the um, 5200 uh, okay. ha hand-me-down from my older sister's. And uh, Pac-Man was pretty good on that, but everything, things looked pretty rough. So like where I, I really got into stuff around, yeah, Sega Master Systems time frame, you know, 85, 86 or whatever it was. Um, yeah, the, but I had these other things. It just, it wasn't until that generation of consoles that it was really interesting to me. It didn't really pick up until that point, right? Yeah, yeah. Nintendo sure. revised the console market. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast, but yeah, there was actually yeah. a console crash at the time, and Nintendo saved it. But anyway, games like this, yeah, games like this were coming out, yeah. <laughs> um, so the, Luthor has kryptonite traps in this game. Apparently, uh, Lois Lane is also in the game. You have to repair the bridge. 
You have to put crooks in jail, uh, and then you get back to the Daily Planet in time for the next adventure. Um, he has his strength. He's got his X-ray vision. He's got flight. <laughs> you can't see any of it except for flight. I mean, yeah, it's really pixelated. It's, it's yeah, more than you could ever imagine. I mean, younger people are probably like, "What is this?" Um, <laughs> I I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to be young to be like, "What?" <laughs> this is the Superman game. I yeah. I had to go. I had to go online to try and look at the manual to figure out anything of what I was looking at. I did, I did not understand the premise. I didn't know what he was doing. I was like, "What? What just happened there?" I don't even see a bridge. The bridge is in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you're just flying it's, through random levels with magenta skies and turquoise like. skies. It is wild. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. But see, that's clearly a bridge. The bridge is in the beginning. <laughs> so well, I see yeah, the little phone booth. Yeah, that's the yeah, best. He's part got a hat. Game. He's got like a yellow, little yellow, a hat. yellow hat and yellow shoes. Yeah, so there you go. There's the most exciting part, probably, like is, is like when he an, changes. Like something there's like an, a naked stick figure or something in this. <laughs> yeah, Tari, they were trying, man, real hard. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, this was one of the first games to feature a pause button also. This was new at the time. This is how far back oh. it goes. Uh, you press a select switch on the Atari 2600, and it would pause it. Uh, it was the first video game ever to depict a simulated kiss scene. <laughs> what? Wow. Superman that. gets a kiss a from Lois Lane. An individual with breast on there. So is that a woman? <laughs> <laughs> My eyes. How do you know there was a kiss? <laughs> I can't even see their it was lips. A, it was a it was a Atari motorboat scene. Uh, <laughs> so, is seconds, that who you you're carrying now? Is that a woman? Breasts. It increases his energy levels. I think that <laughs> so. Yeah, and they say Superman's not relatable. This <laughs> game, this game was built using the prototype code for Warren Robinette's Adventure, which ended up being published before Adventure was finished. Adventure was kind of big now because oh. that was kind of like the initial uh, thing for Ready Player One, uh, a huge plot element for that book and and movie. Uh, so yeah. Um, probably one of the first video game RPGs in that way as well. Um, yeah, Retro Gamer, Retro Gamer credits it among action adventure games as the first to utilize multiple screens as a playing area. Okay, and also one of Lex's henchmen has a brown square for a head instead of pink. This nameless villain may be the first, may be the first African American video game character. <laughs> Lots of firsts really here, guys. Uh, I'm not convinced. I think somebody just screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> it could it could have been. It could have been. Maybe he's wearing okay. a brown mask. We don't right? know. We don't know. It's supposed so, to be dark side. Come on. <laughs> decent reviews. Yeah, it had decent... That's not positive representation. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. not. He's also a villain. <laughs> so it's not, not great. But anyway, um, it had decent reviews at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Norman yeah. Howe uh, I don't know who this is particularly but maybe this guy's famous in those circles but Norman Howe reviewed Superman in the Space Gamer 31 commented that this is the best Atari game I have seen yet it's playable <laughs> enthralling and it's excellent graphics if you don't want to buy the game at least try to find someone who will let you play it it's very good Woo! 
had some low standards back then. <laughs> at the time, I'm back sure then, it was exciting. It yeah, was the ideal true. to strive for at the time. All right, so now it's time to rank Superman for Atari 2600. Face on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, we might. <laughs> Superman for Atari's 2600. What are we giving this guys? Let me give F a few rows no. instead of just one. Now wait, can I? L- let me see. Are we are we judging it against the other games or as a game? The way I would judge it personally is a game mm. released uh, at the uh, against games at that time. You can't fucking compare okay. Atari 2600 to Injustice or whatever the fuck. You know, it's just not going to happen. Mm. So just mm. try to think, try to have 1979 in your minds. Mm. Other Atari, Pac-Man's out. Pac-Man's obviously a better game. Galaga's a better game. All those kind of games are much better than mm-hmm. Superman. We all know that. But yeah, those are the kind of games that are out at the time. Cubert. Cubert mm-hmm. might have been a little bit later, but it's still that, was that kind of vibe, right? Gotcha. Okay. All right. We'll try, we'll try, we'll try. <laughs> I'm going to give it a D just because... Oh. It, I don't know. I just want to. They tried. I'm giving it a D. Per, we're gonna we're gonna average it together. By the way, I don't know how we'll average okay. letters, but my personal score is a, it gets a D. I would agree with that. All right. Just based off of what we saw with the with the stick figures. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a C. Wow, much better. Than I, I, I like the colors, and I like that he you had to manually go into the phone booth to change. Uh-oh. I think that's interesting. Yes, it's it's, it's <laughs> that enough. was my favorite part of it too, actually. <laughs> and it's right in the beginning, so that's nice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, if if I'm thinking back to the time of like 1979, you know, when I would have to take my horse out to Sears to get a video game, <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think uh, I was thinking C, but maybe B is more like it. And that I, high. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And, and in terms of 1979 on the Atari 2600, which is really rough hardware, I'm going to go with a B. Okay. So we're going to average this at a C maybe. Mm. Looks like. We're Looks giving. Like wow. This is, a, this is an upset. <laughs> Respectable. All right. So we're giving this a C. Hmm. Moving forward. I can't, I can't believe we got that high. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. Richard um, Pryor, that's who it was in the game. No, I don't. This is a different game. But oh, okay. You're, you're being racist. Um, oh, no. but, uh, also, this I was is probably using just context a co- clues. <laughs> context clues to be racist. <laughs> no. I didn't. Uh, it was a. <laughs> Mike, welcome to the podcast. Um, <laughs> that It was like a couple years after Pong, so I guess maybe that's part of why it was got good reviews. But uh, all right. So this next one is a uh, Atari 5200 game in 1983. Uh, and uh, some people out there from this time are like, what? And you're right, because this is an unreleased game. And oh, okay. I'm, huh. sitting there, I'm looking at it like, what? Yeah. I, I don't recognize that. The plot was supposed to be based on the Superman 3 plot. It went unreleased because the movie didn't do well. You don't say. So, yeah. I've heard. Um, <laughs> They had this to say about the game. When the first Superman movie was released, it met with wide acclaim as a faithful adaptation of the classic comic book series shortly afterwards. Atari, then owned by Time Warner, who just also happened to own DC Comics, released the first Superman game for the Atari 2600. Much like the first movie, this game, programmed by John Dunn, also met with positive reviews. 
Unfortunately, by the time the third Superman movie rolled around, the series had gone downhill, making a game based on a bad movie. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, thank you for that, man. All right. <laughs> From the Bronx. <laughs> Represent. All right. So also Superman <laughs> represent Superman three also had a video game sequence in it. And it had like kind of like Superman It had Super Nintendo's level graphics, which was almost 10 years ahead of its time. I guess it might have been. I mean, yeah, they, they did pretty good graphics for this sequence. And maybe they were trying to have a kind of um, tie in mm-hmm. the graphics on Atari 5200 yeah, wouldn't even wouldn't even wouldn't even have been this good like these are really good graphics for 83 in this in this sequence mm-hmm. for superman 3 but um i guess it just didn't happen because by the yeah like everyone knows by the time i got to the third one just wasn't good enough mm-hmm. i have never right. seen superman 3 and i, I haven't don't know either, if this actually. makes me want to see it anymore <laughs> <laughs> all right so we can't really do with the Atari fifty two hundred game. It wasn't even fucking released. Um, so automatic F. Automatic F. I give the, All right. I give the cover art a D. Richard Pryor didn't look quite like Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next one that came out in nineteen eighty five was for the Commodore sixty four Amstrad, an Atari four hundred eight hundred, which I think was an upgrade, even though it has a lower number. It was one of the. There wasn't there like an Atari that was a little bit more like a PC. It was trying to be like a Commodore kind of thing. I don't know what the year was, but uh, my cousin had an Atari XT, and I think that that was meant to be kind of an intermediary console right. PC. But I, I don't know about the four hundred eight hundred. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, that's what it has. That's what I have down here for that. Um, it was a video game designed by Fernando Herrera, published in the U.S. by First Star Software. Um, mainly for Commodore 64, I think, in America. And um, in this game, Superman battles to save the world, as he usually does. I have some other covers here. I thought the art for this one was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like a cool vintage look. Like, maybe not it's vintage very in 85. Very <laughs> pink. This is another cover that ha- it shows that the villain for this game was Darkseid, actually. Oh, <laughs> Although there's the graphics for this you're going to see, um, even though it's a little bit later. Strong likeness. <laughs> um, but yeah and this as good as the snyder cut <laughs> version of dark yeah. side it's that level of graphics and if you remember from our batman video game episode uh the zx spectrum and games of that era some of them came on actual cassette tapes um mm. i think this was yeah this is amstrad and amstrad was i think on the same par as the zx or zx spectrum so mm. so yeah um the graphics just weren't that great, but we're going to take a look here. Um, so it's 1985, and uh, yeah, they you know they were trying real hard, like I said, like I always say. But um, in this game, Darkseid thirsts for universal domination, but he needs the anti-life formula. It doesn't say equation. <laughs> this awesome key is imprinted on the minds of certain humans. Darkseid is on Earth now and plots a reign of terror to achieve his ends. Only Superman can stop him. So is Darkseid this green guy that we just see? I, I don't know. I, so I don't I, think I'm so. confused. I played. I think it's, so. I think I played the Amstrad version of this, which looked markedly better, actually. 
Uh, oh yeah. And, and Darkseid at least had colors that were recognizable, but the ZX I think only had what four colors. So. Yeah, it didn't have a lot. There was some that are just monochrome, like black and white. <laughs> they look like a green astronaut. Yeah. Are you the green person in this game moving, or is it as a blue person? This the blue is Spider Man. Uh, Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man. That was an <laughs> overhead view of Superman. Okay. Game. And now you see this cape there. Dark side. And the green one is Dark Side. Oh, there's another turquoise person too. Yeah, who's that? That's someone to? you save, I think. The, the, yeah, the, the object. Of, it, that one's the minds Spider-Man. of the people or whatever. That's oh the right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I see Superman now from the side. Yeah, when yes. he's flying, it's like yeah, the silhouette. Yeah, so the Superman. Not as clear. Yeah. Yeah. Superman's <laughs> kind of turquoise. Yeah, I thought he was like a flame or a monster or something. He looks like the Starship Enterprise or something when he's going that direction. Yeah. <laughs> The object of the game is to save citizens of Metropolis or lure them to your underground lair playing as Darkseid. You can play as Darkseid as well. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. The game ends when there are no more citizens running around or one of the player's energy bars is fully drained. The winner is the player who has saved or lured the most citizens at this point. Are you in this part of the game for the people that are at home it looks like he's flying over the city. Superman's turquoise, solid color, and there's mm-hmm. a purple helicopter dropping green rocks down. Is he supposed mm-hmm. to be catching the green rocks? Because I thought that was kryptonite or something. Yeah. He's they avoiding think asteroids, maybe. <laughs> but he's he's catching them, it looks like. He's, he's like, he's catching yeah, yeah. Or at least purposely. Well, you know what? Uh, Dan Herrera... No, Fernando. Why did I get that name, Dan? Fernando Herrera. If you're out there, let us know, because uh, yeah, we're not <laughs> so we're, totally sure. So I, I only slowly dying throughout this, this game. kind of thing. Overhead <laughs> map. <laughs> 1985 yeah. game. So what are we giving that one? I'm gonna give it an E. Yeah, what the hell is E supposed to be? The e for everybody. Like worse than D, but F, but better than F. Yes, it's yeah, it's just I don't even know why we skip it in the American grade system, but yeah, it's just worse. I I give it an E as well. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Like right, a, I I'm, yeah. A, I'm going with an F on that one. It's not going to shift <laughs> the average, but that's by 1985 design standards. That's a terrible, terrible game. I like seeing him fly uh, with the helicopter and stuff on the side, but uh. Yeah, I didn't like the whole like grid thing. Yeah, yeah, the grid, it the grid was bad. And I can think of a game at that time. Well, maybe a little later. Uh, the Ghostbusters on Ghostbusters on Commodore and Sega Master System used that kind of city grid for their uh, mm-hmm. movement before you go into the ghost battles, and that was just miles better. All right, so we're giving that one an E. That's good. Filling out the board here. Okay, let's let's get out of that one to so something a little bit more famous. At least slightly. So uh, the next one was Superman for NES and first Nintendo in 1987. Uh, so probably the most the most famous games for Superman before like the modern era or whatever are the 2600 game and the NES game. Mike, did you have this game? No. no. I didn't either. I probably rented it though and then gave it back immediately for this show i've been trying to actually determine this uh i'm not sure when it is that i learned that licensed games should be avoided i don't know what age i got i got that sense but it was in the uh, 90s we all knew very early on i it had to be before that because i know i had i learned i would say 
ALF on the Sega Master System was one of the worst games I ever owned. And uh, <laughs> that definitely sticks in my head. Um, <laughs> Fester's Quest on the NES. And these are like 87, 88, I think. So it's, it's I, I'm not sure where exactly I learned it, but I oh, knew dude. generally to stay away. And I'm, I'm grateful that I understood that as a child. There's a whole other podcast that goes into Fester's Quest where there's like, it came out before <laughs> the Adams Family <laughs> movies came out. Oh, yeah. It was, Some yeah, dude it was just loved. Yeah, it was just like, just weird, weird timing with that. But anyway. Fester's Quest. Fester's like Quest. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. But uh, <laughs> there's a lot of really bad games at this time, man. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, my Bad God. games then. Don't are trust worse. that seal of quality. They're worse than bad games now because now everybody kind of has an innate sense of what video games should be. In the beginning, they were still figuring the shit out. So they just make fucking heinous mistakes with games sometimes. Heinous by today's standards. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, Superman is an NES video game based on DC Comics character, like we all know. Uh, and the first two films of the same name. All right. The game is a combination of side-scrolling action mixed with some puzzles. It was programmed by a relatively obscure Japanese firm called Kemco. And uh, here's I'm showing the Japanese cartridge here. I always thought the Japanese cartridges were much cooler. We should have like the artwork is cool. I know. Yeah, we should have had mm. that. Um, they wanted everything to look more like a toy in Japan, but when they came out with the NES here, they wanted it to look more like a VCR. So everything was a little bit more serious. That decision um, ruined everything for everyone. It ruined it, yeah. Japan was always <laughs> on the kawaii culture, whereas America was like, fuck that, asteroids! Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so there's a chibi chibi version here we're looking at in the um, <laughs> on, on the video version here. Don't. And... Uh, Look at this, just like New York. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Kimco made it. It's almost a Metroidvania uh, game, maybe a pre a proto Metroidvania, but uh, not quite because it is really early on. The plot is pretty bare bones. It's more of a setup than a plot. Lex Luthor and General Zod are causing the trouble in this. Um, Superman has to stop them, of course. The stages are very random. They lead up to a big boss fight near the end. <clears throat> There as there's like that's pretty much it. I'm just looking at this Fu Manchu looking Chinese guy <laughs> at the bottom of this thing. Being like, he does um, look troublesome. That's supposed to be. <laughs> I like the man it's in not, the pink suit. It's not <laughs> troublesome because it's by a Japanese company. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, who's he supposed to be? The pink True, guy. I, I have no who, idea. Yeah, he's flamingo. I'm gonna. Does this mean the pink guy is Lex Luthor and General Zod is the bearded strongman-looking dude above him? Because neither of these look anything like Gene Hackman and Chan Stamp. This is going to be a, a theme throughout all of them, even going up into the, into the newer games. They'll have Superman. His look will be pretty much down. It's iconic. They don't fuck that up generally too mm -hmm. much. But the villains, they fuck up so much. <laughs> if you guys played the uh, Japanese, the Famicom version of Star Wars, Darth Vader, I believe, turns into a scorpion. <laughs> That's kind of so, awesome, though. That's kind of really, cool. They Should take a lot of liberties. You know? It's like the Japanese Spider-Man, right? Like, even when they take liberties, it's all the right liberties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're supposed to save Metropolis from evil Lex Luthor and his gang of criminals that were exiled from the planet Krypton. And, uh, yeah, it has... This is a famous in retro gaming circles now, but 
for some reason it has the Statue of Liberty. They sort of mix together Metropolis and New York. And the place names, I think, in the manual and shit are wrong, too. Uh, <laughs> and especially, I'm pretty sure that it's because the developers didn't know that Metropolis <laughs> wasn't New York. Yes. Yeah, they have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, if we're going matter. off of the 78 movie, it's it's filmed in New York. So I could see yeah. them being like, oh, yeah it's, yeah, it's the same thing. They just call it Metropolis in the movie. They didn't have fucking email. They're probably faxing, even even if that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, they, they probably just didn't have great communication it's just a bunch of Japanese dudes, probably mostly dudes, watching Superman one and two and being like, "All right, let's make this." But I did. I could see that they gave Lois her little like hat from the like '40s mm-hmm. serials and that type of stuff. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's like a yeah. little small tribute, though. Yeah. Perry White looks like he really needs to go on a diet. He's huge. <laughs> <laughs> I like true. this so far. This is. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the Pokemon games. The yeah. size yeah. of this the is people the best looking and, like, one so far. Navigation, yeah. chibi, chibi look. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And here he he changes oh, in the thing shit. just in the in the. Booth. I don't want to give away my secret identity, but I am going to fly over people as Clark Kent. <laughs> he doesn't really fly in this game, but he <laughs> he, he uh, jumps high. Well, he so leaps. He, does, he leaps like okay. So they're doing the 1938 one. Basically, or that's yeah. just like a gaming limitation. Originally, yeah. With. Yeah. Why do so, these guys look more like Clark Kent than the Clark Kent they did? He's got the hat <laughs> and the glasses and the blue-looking suit. You yeah. have your powers as well like that. So, that, mm-hmm. yeah, they were, it was, you know, sort of close. Um, it's the I best played, one so far, yeah. Yeah, it's the best one so far. NES was popular for a reason. Many mm-hmm. of the games on it were were decent. Um, the, a lot of the enemies are just shirtless fat guys wearing cat masks and cattails. <laughs> Lex Luthor has horns in this for some reason. <laughs> so I'm the double uh, Superman. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you played this one. Yeah. I think play is a strong word. <laughs> Zayora. It was awful. <laughs> it really, yeah. It really was. It was just so incredibly awkward. Obviously, the, the jump goes all over the place. The, yeah. You can see the attack animation. Where'd that go? It's It just kind of causes this weird little spasm. See that? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and it's hard to gauge the distance of the hitbox versus the hurtbox. So eventually, yeah. obviously, it, it just, I spent a few minutes with it before I was like, oh, my God, why am I playing yeah. this? And then I remembered why. Here we are. I know he's flying. And, he's, uh, you're not controlling him. Here, though. But yeah, he just shoots but, up there and then you, I can't remember, you fight some people, maybe you get an item or something and then you go back down. Like, it's just, it's the same thing at a different height. At least it has this, like, animation to where it's like a little explosion near his fists mm-hmm. because... If it didn't have that, it would be like, you know, one micro pixel outside of his body to and that should be the the the, the punch to hit the character. And it's like right. a lot of games back then did this where like your attack was so fucking short. It is so annoying. That's why games with swords work so much better. Yeah, because uh, that's well, that's the thing, right? The hitbox and the hurt box, right? If you yeah, if you want it to match up with the um, the avatar, then you need the avatar to be bigger. <laughs> like you just can't right. really manage that. Look at those tiny little arms. If it's actually right. going to be that fist, then nobody's going to be able to do it. You have to go on top of the other sprite to connect. So this is uh, one of the audio portions where uh, this is this the Japanese version. There was no license problem, so they actually did an eight-bit rendition of the John Williams score. Nice. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. 
Okay, it's cool. So some of the differences between the uh, Japanese version and the American version uh, are that it takes place on the same map and resembles Manhattan rotated 90 degrees, um, but the names on the map are different. And uh, the American version labels the map with names that reflect Metropolis, while the Japanese version actually uses Manhattan and landmarks such as Tribeca, Soho, and Central Park. And the... Uh, Daily Planet is misspelled in the game called it's misspelled as Daily Planets and I think that's probably going from katakana to English there's a problem with going from the Japanese to the English there uh, so I can see why they made that mistake what's well, I mean that's the thing would they go with uh, the to or the tsu for the plural I, I don't really I think, know yeah so for people that out there that that don't know it would be if you translated planet it'd be puranetto or that would be planet but then puranetsu sometimes mm. it's sometimes in japanese they'll have the tsu the tsu at the end yeah. but it could mean it could mean something singular in english because japanese does not have grammatical number there is no singular or plural in japanese so um i used to that's buy where peanuts they have butter <laughs> yeah peanuts butter peanut butter <laughs> uh stuff like that <laughs> donuts which means donut or donuts, it doesn't matter. So, uh, the yeah. American one, I'm seeing this right. This is the blood type of here. Yeah, they have <laughs> fucking his here. blood type. They have his blood type in the game too, for some reason. I mean, I know why, but they always have the blood type in Japanese games. So Superman's yeah. blood type wouldn't be able to be read here, right? Dude, they don't. They just want to know his blood type. Well, his blood. He's a New Yorker, right? <laughs> 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 I mean, metrop metrop <laughs> Metropolisian. DefunctGames.com had mm. this to say about the game. Superman on the NES mode, the 2600 game leak, look like a masterwork. <laughs> if you need ideas Chemco brought in, don't come anywhere near close to making up for the major deficiencies. Not even the most rabid fan of my son, Kal-El, <laughs> can find any real enjoyment from this moldy oldie. Throw this one out in a pile of kryptonite and leave it there. <laughs> oh, it's kind of harsh. Man. I'm giving that one a B because yeah. I like the chibis. It reminds me of Pokemon, but as you said, it wasn't the best gameplay. But I, yeah. just for visuals alone, I want to give it a B. All right. Yeah. Mike? Uh, that, uh, what year was that again? 87? 87. Oh, could have done better in 87. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I know. <laughs> uh, I would say that one's probably around. I do like the Chibi Suit Statue of Liberty, but everything else was bad. I'm going to go right. with a, an E on that one. E? I, wouldn't, I don't want to touch that game. Like wow. playing it felt awful. Aligning to the enemies <laughs> to hit them felt awful. The animation for the attacks was terrible. The movement across the map to go to your objective takes forever. And then when you get there, you get a one-shot kill on you. It's just, no, no. Nice uh, intro screen. I give mm. it a D also just because the, the chibi look is the best part of it. But the, mm -hmm. the gameplay itself is... Just bad. It's just as a game, it's bad. 
it's yeah i don't know why and like Kem- kemco i never even heard of them they're not known for doing much even in the notes it said they're obscure so i'm not sure the what their deal is did rescue the embassy mission on the nes i never like, played that one i really liked that one that was kind of like your proto rainbow six kind of game oh shit that's cool so that's it for now and we're going into the break here at Chat of the Wild, our game club podcast, we have been using our lens of truth to do deep dives on the Legend of Zelda series, in order, covering one to two dungeons each episode. Our show also looks at Zelda-likes, such as Crusader of Senti, Golden Axe Warrior, and the bizarre journey of For the Frog the Bell Tolls. Join us right now as we play Ari and the Secret of Seasons, our first new release since Season 1, or check out our past seasons breaking down nearly 20 action-adventure titles. New episodes drop every Wednesday, here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Lord have mercy, y'all. Do you like hounds? Do you enjoy pooches? Do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all. As you might have heard, superhero stuff you should know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. This week on Bibbo and Beppo. Bibbo and Beppo are in over their heads when they encounter something from another world while encountering a jaywalker. Whoa, whoa, wait, and, uh, Bibbo, what? Wait, am I, are you Beppo? I'm Beppo, uh, you moron. I get our names mixed up, but too similar. You don't. Beppo, I think we've gone a little too far this time. This isn't even a one of Superman's villains. This is just a... Some guy that didn't go to the crosswalk. These defibrillators can't get cold. I must be using them all the time. I was just walking. Shut up, you! I really don't. I really don't think the big blue guy would support this kind of behavior from a police officer and his his gorilla friend. We're on our own now. What the hell happened to Superman? He's off somewhere. Who gives a fuck? These defibrillators equal justice. He's starting to scare me a little bit. What's that over there? Just beyond this near dead body. What's that, a banana? Yes. These defibrillators that are cylindrical and metallic. No, the... Are totally bananas. Yes, you, you fucking idiot. Not that, I know what that is. The fucking light shape over there. It's more like a big yellow... You mean to tell me you confused a fucking boom tube with a fucking banana that you eat? A boom tube? What the hell is that? Boom tube. I've seen them before. Well, where'd you see them at? I was doing some shit with Big Blue and... You know, then we popped up somewhere. They kind of go someplace different every time. It's weird. Well, I'm a curious fellow. Come on, my champion champ. Let's go on in there and see what's on the other side of this boob tube. Well, I also am bored. And uh, let me just zap this moron one more time. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. All right, my little orangutan fellow. Let's jump on through. Holy shit. This ain't Kansas anymore. My word. 
Where could this be? I've never been here before. Everything's red and looks like basically hell. Are we in hell? Well, we probably are from all the people you've been killing lately. You fucking psychopathic ape. That would make sense now that you mention it, yes. Not hell, but close to it. Who the hell's that big rock face guy? Well, and you must be Satan. Satan is, wears a blue suit. Weird. I am not Satan. I am Darkseid. Welcome to Apocalypse, Bibbo and Beppo. Oh, don't forget your granny goodness, Darkseid. Yes, give them an old Apocalypse welcome, granny. Oh, it'll be my pleasure. I see a naughty monkey right there. <laughs> Jesus, woman, calm yourself. I know this cape does wonders to the opposite sex, but you have to control yourself. Jeez, yeah, I'm crow. I've never seen anything like this except for my ex-mother-in-law. Bibbo and Beppo, you are here because talk of your murders have crossed the galaxies over to Apocalypse. All the electrocutions that you've done over your defibrillator. I need you as part of my army, Beppo. Bibbo, you're just, you're kind of just here because you're a package deal. Hey, I like the sound of that. You don't even have to brainwash me. I am ready, my lord. Oh, that was surprisingly easy. Well, wait a minute now, there, my little, uh, my monkey man. What would Superman think of us teaming up with, like, his greatest villain bad guy here? I'm on my own now. This ape has a greater purpose. But, Beppo, I, uh, I thought you and me, we were partners. You're stepping out on your old buddy, Bibbo? Is that what I'm hearing? Well, now that you mention it, I do feel a bit torn. Who will charge these defibrillator batteries? It's usually my old pal, Bibbo. Damn right. The stupid idiot Bibbo. Well, that's, that's probably true as well, but I like the first part. My moronic pal, Bibbo. All right, you laid it on a little bit thick. Look. I think you know what to do with those dead banana defibrillators in your hand. I see what you're saying. How about thee? Yeah! Oh, you wicked, wicked monkey! Take that, you old bag! Oh, get off of this! That's naughty behavior! Oh, that stings and tickles! Oh, my lord! Master Darkseid, what should we do with this insolent simian? These two are more trouble than they're worth. Send them back through the boom tube. Wait, Granny and I were just getting to know each other! Back to Earth you go. You haven't seen the last of the great Bibbo and Bebo! The greatest cop team in history. They literally did nothing in this except kill a jaywalker. But next time on Bibbo and Beppo, find out the consequences of turning down Darkseid. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such films as Darren Aronofsky's Batman Year One and Joe Schumacher's Batman Unchained. And right now, you're listening to superhero stuff you should know. <laughs> and we're back, everybody. So now we're going to get some, some better ones. Uh, wait, what's <laughs> happening now? Jackson, one I... second, right when you're like, I'm back, we're back. The fuck is this shit? <laughs> you know what? Call. I'm keeping it in. All right, we're moving forward, so <laughs> Zach's going to have to wait. All right, so 19... in 1988, Taito 
maybe some people pronounce this Taito, but the Japanese would be tight. Taito released uh, Superman, uh, the arcade game. This is one of the fucking good ones, in my opinion. Uh, it's an arcade beat-em-up game made by the Japanese company Taito, like I said. It had really cool art on the uh, sides oh, of the actual arcade. cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the that's arcade so nice. cabinet was cool. Really bright colors. Really great stuff. Um, and uh, the controller was cool as well. And um, Wait, wait a second. There was a yep. six-button layout. It probably didn't was use all converted? the buttons. Ooh, it was probably cool. converted. Yeah. This is the best-looking one so far. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to say that for each one now. <laughs> we're we're yeah. moving forward in time. Graphics are getting better. It's 1988, and graphics mm-hmm. were generally better in the arcade than they were yeah. at home at this time. Um, so let's keep that in mind. Um, so, yeah, you have to fight through five levels, make the world safe from the evil Emperor Zaz. Not the Batman Zaz. <laughs> Z-A-A-S. Zaz. <laughs> Is this the character that was created just for the game? Probably. Mm -hmm. Remember, usually they got the villains wrong at this time. I was going to ask you guys if you recognized anything from this, because I was looking at the, like, lizard people or whatever that you fought. I don't don't really (laughs) know if that's something I didn't know from the comics in the 80s, but it also was still a Japanese-developed arcade game. I love these pictures. Mm -hmm. These are so good. Check out Rockabilly Superman. Really bright colors. Um, He's fighting Turbo Man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like the Flash meets Turbo Man or something. Yeah, yeah. You're flying most of the game. Go ahead. Yeah, he's stuck there, right? I found that really frustrating (laughs) that you couldn't charge that shot without being stationary. In the flying levels, you could charge it and move, but on these levels, you can't. Wait, wait, wait. So does he just have that power, or is he? Does he have a device on him that allows him to shoot that out? I think he has know, he, the power. He's Superman. No. Well, he's got. <laughs> there's all kinds of characters. There's like Silver Surfer, Turbo Man, Falcon. I just saw Superman's shooting energy beams out of his hands at Falcon. Falcon yeah, shows up. Like I'm not used to the shield yet. <laughs> this is a crossover with the Marvel. Yeah. So Wait, where's Falcon? I only see the silver it was, he was on there a minute ago. There was two of them. It was like the old Falcon costume where he had his thighs out and everything. So Emperor Zaz is possibly an alternate take on Brainiac. Hmm. And the blast that you've been seeing here is they so. call it the yeah. sonic blast, even though it looks like a light kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any rhyme or reason for this kind of stuff. It's just names they gave it for the time. He's really the eradicator. Yeah, the Raticator, I guess. Um, so there's also objects that you can throw around and break, which at this time in 88 was still sort of new. Being able to pick up an object and throw it at somebody in a beat em up kind of game like this was still on the newer side of things. I didn't even um, realize you could pick those up. I just kept exploding them. <laughs> yeah, you can pick them up. And um, the second player, if you play two-player on this, uh, it's... A different color scheme it's the same layout basically but it's got a color scheme that looks a lot like shazam or captain marvel at this time mm. i so, do remember playing at, at nathan's back in the day and uh trying to get on the second player side so i could see the other color yeah i was always i was always big on alternate colors so, so you're superman but in a different colored outfit just basically it's just an inverse colors of red and blue oh it's a pal- that's kind of awesome it's what 
it's what they call the palette swap. Yeah. yeah. The the core design philosophy of Mortal Kombat. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the core design Ooh. philosophy. <laughs> the presence of this alternative Superman is never explained in the game. It's only intended to have a cooperative gameplay mechanic. That's it. But it is highly suggestive of Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam. So mm. there you go on that one. Uh, during the demo, which is the game that's playing while, like, remember in an arcade, it's playing something, mm-hmm. right? Before you mm-hmm. put in a quarter. The attract mode. The attract mode, yes. Uh, it has a picture of an evil alien creating, or evil alien creature holding a small globe in his huge hand. And that picture originally appeared in an old DC special series graphic novel titled Superman. That's in Superman versus uh, Muhammad Ali. So they had a little bit of that in there as well. Cool. So they had a little bit of something, a little bit of something extra from the comics in this one. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) Can Superman go in the White House? I don't think so. (laughs) He can't go in the White House. He's in New York. (laughs) <laughs> that, that is the White House well, I saw the Washington Monument he went to D.C. He was definitely in D.C. there I'm just saying the game, throughout most of the game you hear Superman's main theme and also Can You Read My Mind from the Superman films is, is in the fifth, fifth level of this game as well <laughs> so, he's throwing these energy beams out yes Though, yeah, so, yeah, see you can charge cool. and move in these levels that's yeah. nice <laughs> I would give that one a B based on what we saw. I think that's yeah, probably the best one. I kind of like that yeah. one too. I liked it because it had all the characters that I didn't know who they were. <laughs> Turbo Man, Silver yeah. Surfer, all that stuff. I, hey, I'm going to give that one an flash. A. I'm going to give it an A. We got an A from Zach. We got a yeah. B from Ben. And then what about you, uh, Mike? Yeah, I, I think that that would be... Um, I did feel like... It was a little odd, um, the distance as he carries his fist like that, how close you have to get to the enemies. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I did think it was pretty strong, even though it felt disconnected from so much of what I would have expected from <laughs> Superman. I would say a B, you know, I would definitely, I mean, I did play it in the arcade in the eighties, so, and I, did... I wanted to be red Superman. <laughs> yeah. I did play it as well back in the day. And I'll, I'll also give it a B. I think this is one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. People, uh, developers out there that are that are maybe watching this or listening, take note. This is one of the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a thing of beauty. I mean, I'm always gonna. My first love is always gonna be that kind of sprite work with those colors popping the way they do in that game. So yeah, the colors are really good, man. In that yeah. one, that's one and thing that, that marquee, you can. Marquee, mar- so nice. <laughs> the marquee, it's a solid marquee. All right, so we got we got B C D E now. Very interesting turn of events, everybody. I don't know if we'll get an A or an S, though. S is like Super Mario. S is, you know, Donkey Kong. It's Street Fighter 2. It's like best games of all yeah. time. You know, I don't know if any of these are getting an S. No. Yeah, we're, I don't think we're going to go into S territory. So the next one is maybe a step back. Just remember, home, home consoles, they didn't have the same graphics as the arcade. Uh, when, in the early to mid-90s, you started to hear this term called Arcade Perfect, which meant that a home console game was exactly like the arcade. So it was like, wow, they did that. just like the arcade. This is fucking awesome. 
that was so, the high that I chased my entire childhood. <laughs> yes, getting that getting that arcade perfect Street Fighter or that arcade perfect yeah. Mortal Kombat or whatever it is. So I'm explaining it's, that because now we're going back. It's we're going ahead a year to '89, but we're going to the Commodore 64 again and the Amiga, the Atari ST, like you mentioned, Mike. And this was Superman, the Man of Steel. Hmm. And um, this game was made by a UK company uh, called Tynesoft, T-Y-N-E-S-O-F-T. And it was licensed uh, from First Star Software. It's, it's uh, you know, kind of a flying sim. You play a Superman on a mission to save a kidnapped Lois Lane. And from two supervillains, Darkseid and Lex Luthor are in this game. So Darkseid got a lot of love hmm. at this time. Yeah. yeah. I thought I saw a boom tube. Yeah, yeah and there's a right parademons. Up, there's a parademons. Yeah. So, yeah, they did pretty good on this one. Mike, did you play this one? No. So I was thinking, when you asked about the Commodore, I was thinking of the Amstrad game, but I was thinking yeah. of the previous one. So this one, I actually took a look to check online for a video of the Commodore 64 version, which is a lot better looking than the Spectrum version, which is a standard theme, you'll see. <laughs> right. Um, it runs a lot better than this, but it's still the same core game. And, uh, I mean, you never know until you really get hands-on with a game, but it's move the cursor around to shoot at the enemies. So Yeah, it's, it's again, we're looking at it through a 2021 lens. It's very mm-hmm. tough. I'm sure yeah. fans like this at the time. And at the top left, you can see that he's got, like, his powers that he can use, too, like the breath and the strength. I don't know how he uses that, but mm-hmm. and maybe an extra boost in flight. And stuff like that, but um, <laughs> I mean, it's fine, uh, but you know, it's not great. I, I did play this on an emulator, and it's just it plays a little slow. It's just slow, but it, that's just the that's the technology we were dealing with at the time. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that I I know, like, I'm very in tune with my perspective of that time frame, and I know that I would have scoffed at this back then. If, oh, if yeah. I had, if you had put a ZX Spectrum in front of me, I would have said, "I'm not playing it. I just won't play a game today. I'm going out." <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you know, I was in the arcades. I loved going to the arcades. Right, I used to go to right. Nathan's all the time. And so, like, if something wasn't even going to try to come close to the arcade, I was just like, "Eh." Or you had to go a completely <laughs> different direction, like Strider on the NES versus Strider right. on the arcade. You know? Right, right, you right, right. You had to do right, something right. to make it work for the platform you had. And this kind of thing would have put me right off. Yeah. Well, at least, I don't know. At least it exists, I guess. I don't know. It's it's yeah. cool video well, game I history. But yeah. The Commodore 64 version of this same game looks has, and runs better. than has more the colors, Spectrum. right? Yeah. It runs right. more smoothly. It's got a better frame rate. So I didn't get hands-on, but by seeing it in action, just mm-hmm. I can tell that it's going to be more responsive. Okay. All right, cool. It says that the 16-bit versions, which is probably what you saw, this is, looks like more like an 8-bit or less, were generally well-received, were moderately favorable reviews. The one, and that's like uh, a review website or something, appraised the game's incorporation of the style of the comic book source, but found the gameplay to be frustrating, particularly having to play the sub-games in sequence. It gave it a 69% for the Atari ST version, I guess. Uh, so Atari computing similarly pr- similarly 
praise the look of the game while also pointing out the top-notch sound, actually. It had good sound for the time. Hmm. So, And reception for the 8-bit versions was a bit more mixed. So there you go. <laughs> I'm going to give that one an E. It looked like I would never want to play it. It looked really stiff and boring. The only reason I wouldn't give it an F is because it actually has dark side and parademons <laughs> like parademons, as yeah. characters. I think that's right. the only cool part of it. But it, yeah, it just did not look like interesting to me at all. Okay. Like Lois Lane is kidnapped and it looked like Superman was taking his sweet time just basically gliding towards the parademons. Right, right, all right, right, just another Tuesday. Right, right, right. Uh, I don't know, probably like a D. D, okay. Yep. Yeah, uh, D. It's just okay. unremarkable. So we got two Ds and an E. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I could turn it to an E, couldn't I? Yeah, I'm giving it an E. It's going to be E territory for me. I agree with everything you guys said. All right, we've got two E's now. Looking mm-hmm. good. We're filling out this board. That's nice. We're going to be carrying over this board into the into part two as well. So we're going to have a full board by the end of this. So it'll be kind of cool to see. Nice. All right. Well, the next one is an unreleased game. Sun Man. Oh, by Sunsoft. <laughs> <laughs> so this one. Makers of Fester's Su- Quest. <laughs> Sunsoft had good games, though. <laughs> That's true. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, in development by EIM and then going to be published by Sunsoft and DC Comics. But for whatever, for whatever reason, the game was rejected. And the game had some... The game was changed and eventually released. It was going to be released as Sun Man. But then that was canceled also. But this is a, basically a near-complete game that was going to be Superman game and then was, then was going to be Sun Man and then fucking dissipated. But... That uh, copy, the ROM, leaked online. I don't know, it was probably mid-2000s or some shit. <laughs> and um, I played a little bit of that. And it's actually, this is another theme. The leaked, the leaked ones, the ones that were, uh, what you call it, the, um, the, the, the canceled games are generally the best ones. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, that is standard, right? Unrealized potential always holds a lot more promise than the actual failures that we got. <laughs> yes. This is Sun Man. This is Sun Man. Yeah, he's oh, you can see that's familiar level design. You see that later with Sunsoft's, uh, was it the Genesis version and the Sega Master System? They did both what? of those, right? And, oh, the 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 super the the Superman ones. Yeah, for Genesis think... and Master System, I think used this same level design. Yes. It's just they're dropping things out of the windows or whatever. So it didn't go to waste. It didn't go to waste. They did reuse a lot of stuff. And just like you said, the gameplay is very similar to Sunsoft's Batman games, uh, Batman mm-hmm. and Batman Return of the Joker. In those games, the character can run, jump, and punch, and duck. Uh, but also, of course, in this one, they add the ability to fly simply by pressing up. And some of the uh, <laughs> there are some side-scrolling flying levels as well. And you can shoot laser and heat vision from your eyes. And it's just a shame that it wasn't released, man. I mean, yeah, this would have looks... been a decent uh, decent release, you know. But that looks pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for a regular Nintendo game, for an NES game, this is pretty decent. I love uh, those animation frames mm-hmm. on that run. That's so yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is by far the probably the best home console one that would have come out. There was a guy... I, I, you know, uh, that um, did hack this and put Superman in it. Oh, <laughs> nice. 
Somebody so, was bound to do that. Yeah, somebody was going to do it. So this is Sun Man. Uh, for those That's watching really on YouTube, nice. some guy just changed out the uh, character and put mm-hmm. and put and maybe just changed the colors. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they put in a Superman instead, and yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a hack. This is a hacked ROM, yeah. and uh, yeah, there he is. That's nice. That's so, much yeah. better than the the ROM hack I remember playing of um, Wonder Boy, where he threw penises. <laughs> instead of tomahawks was, oh yeah. yeah some of those rom hacks are insane man <laughs> yeah it's just like why why did you even make this what's the point <laughs> this is cool though this is nes so this is in 1992 which is pretty much near the end of nes's run a late release game what was common and what still is common is um, by the end of a system's run the programmers themselves have gotten better at programming for that system. So any any game that comes out later in a system's life cycle will generally have better graphics than the first run of games. So this is being a late release NES game. It does look pretty good for that system. Yeah, yeah, that is nice looking. Yeah, I All definitely right. would not have been playing NES in '92. That was like we were- years after the Genesis and the Super Nintendo already. I'm going to give it, I might give it an A. Yeah, I'm going to give it an A. It looks more interesting than actually Superman. I don't know. (laughs) It looks like he's in Gotham City. He's like a character I don't know about. Things are a little dark and dingy. I like it. (laughs) Now, did you say that one was 92? 92. That is correct. Yes. That's in. That's got some rough contemporaries to work with there. It's, yeah. it's definitely it does not hold up to 92 standards because <laughs> i mean who in 92 was bothering with the nes anyway but some people were the, late to buy a by a super nintendo know. though well i mean the genesis was 89 you know dude i gotta tell you when i grew up i didn't even know about the genesis until a little bit after the super nintendo somehow because oh. i was so young <laughs> i was i was i only knew about nintendo and then, mm-hmm. to, in my mind, the Genesis came out around the same time as the Super Nintendo. But you're right. Oh, yeah. No, you know, they got... 80, 89, it's so far ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh... yeah, I made that move, I guess, that Christmas or whatever. I got lucky. <laughs> yeah, I got the gift <laughs> from my father. <laughs> uh, I, I would say, though, it was it's a really good-looking game for the hardware. Um the design principles held up all right with some of the later games. I would go with a B for that B. one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll we... also give it a B just because it's like it's it looks all right, but also it's not technically Superman That's either. True. That is true. So <laughs> like mm. we're gonna have to move a little asterisk there for that. Only, yeah. <laughs> only the hack only really the hack is Superman. But it was originally intended to be Superman at the same yeah. time. I get it. But even so. the hacked version, I'm just like, eh, I kind of like some of the other ones better. The funny right, thing cool. is, I, I, I wonder, though, because this is one of the ones that we didn't really play. <laughs> we just push it up because <laughs> it looks because we didn't actually get hands-on with it. <laughs> then you get hands-on, you're like, e. I got the ROM. <laughs> yeah. I got the ROM of this. I played it. It was pretty good. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ROM's out there. Yep. All right. So we're giving it a B. B average for Sun Man. We're, I'm not going to write the asterisk there for now, but yes, it has an asterisk <laughs> next to it. Luckily, it can so. be easily seen, I think. Yes. Yes. Let's get back to uh, Superman for made yeah. by Sunsoft for the Genesis. 
uh, also in 1992. So this is the same year as the other one. Hmm. And um, it was also made by Virgin Interactive uh, in Europe, and uh, which, w- which would have been for the Mega Drive there. And they made a Game Gear version also, and that one was developed by a company called Craft Gold. And so in this one, there's not much of a plot again, but this one, there are some more recognizable villains. You have Prankster, you got Metallo, Mr. Mixia Spitlick is in this one. Cool. You have to re- rescue uh, Lois Lane from Brainiac near the end. And um, There's Sun Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Superman v Sun Man. That is true. They just fucking like did a graphical upgrade. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, right? You have you put all this this manpower into the project. It doesn't work out. You don't want to lose that. So Mm -hmm. okay, now we got the license going into the next generation. We're going to recycle whatever assets or ideas we have. Right, right, right. It's too much work. Yeah, yeah. This this looks looks more like they weren't uh, bad ideas either. They were good. Go ahead. This looks more like Metropolis. Yeah, uh, the other one. There's no gargoyles. It's daytime. It's bright out. Is that prankster? I think this is prankster. And yeah. some people noted that He's beating you get the shit damaged, out of them. You get damaged just by uh, bumping into prankster, which shouldn't happen. But it's still a game. So they suit is made of kryptonite. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So I mean, yeah, you get into, and we'll get into this um, in the second part more. But you know, the difficulties with making Superman game. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's a hint at that kind of thing. But um, but so this is yeah. another one where I felt like the the hitbox the, on the punch and everything just it was just too close to the character. I needed some distance from the enemies because you got by overlapping. <laughs> you got to make like a big like haymaker punch or something. Yeah, it's just yeah. always so close. Also, what else I have here is uh, despite being very hard, the game has broken mechanics. The game just provides a series of levels in Metropolis and in space where you punch and use heat vision against an assortment of enemies. So defunctgames.com had this to say. Given the curse on the character, Superman on the Genesis could have been a lot worse. It is at least playable, which is more than can be said for other Superman games. However, it is so frustrating that it's outright demoralizing. <laughs> Kellel would have a better chance of punching his way out of a vault made of kryptonite than average players getting through this game. Just stick to Batman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I gotta agree with that. Just to, just stick to Batman. That sounds good to me. Uh, what are we giving that one? I'll give that one a. That'd be a B. Okay, that's good. I feel like to be fair, I have to give it a B, but for my mm. standards of the Genesis, I would have expected more, um, which would push it down to a C. But if I'm going to put Sunman as a B, I have to allow the Genesis one to also be a B. Oh, yeah. that is true. I feel that way too. I'll give it a B, maybe a slight more like a B plus because it's now Superman and you have to <laughs> beat the shit out of a prankster, but still in B range. Okay. All right, we're going to give that one a B. I'd give it Mm -hmm. maybe a B. Maybe lean towards C. Ah, Because the gameplay is not the best, but the colors are great too. So, yeah, we'll we'll give it a B. All right, we're giving that one a B. We got got three Bs now. That's nice. That's good. More than I expected. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) A lot more than I expected. So the next one is very similar. It's uh, Sega. It was uh, Superman, the Man of Steel on Game Gear. 
Um, I like the art on that one. The yeah. art, the artwork is cool. It's similar to the one that you saw on the Commodore sixty four. The graphics are like nice and bright too. Always a fan of that. I played this one as well um, on emulator, and it is actually okay. <laughs> Look how close he is to that. Uh, that's, that's the problem, though. Yeah. <laughs> Right so this crotch. this is the same right thing the like the, the sega master system version was like basically the same style where i was just like okay that's yes that's a bit a bit of a bother i'm not gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> look at that punch. so in in this game lois lane has been kidnapped by brainiac and there is something called the doom star the doom star is orbiting earth and so a lot of the adversaries are coming from the doom star apparently they did. They. I never had a Game Gear. I, I would say that they did some nice animation work for Superman Sprite with the flowing cape on the Game Gear. I was surprised to see that. I'm going to give that one an E. All right. <laughs> Mainly because it made me laugh. Otherwise, it'd be an F. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a pretty uh, harsh bias against a lot of the portable stuff from that era. Uh, just the weaker hardware when I was always looking for arcade style, you know? So I'm going to okay. go with, uh, I mean, it's, it seems like it's more or less the same game as the Genesis game, just downgraded like they did for also the Sega Master System version. But it's just really bad in comparison. <laughs> so I'm going to go with a D. D? Yeah. Wow. I'd, I'd give at least a C. It was fine. Mm. Yeah. I don't think it was that bad. I'd say C is pretty fair. At least for making us laugh with the whole crotch shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are we averaging in it? So I give it a C. Ben gives it a C. Yeah. Mike? It's probably going to be a C. D and C, so it's an average as a C. Okay. So it's C. We have two Cs now. Looking good. Filling out the board. Looking good. So the next one is one of the best. Many people say this is the best one. The Death and Return of Superman for Super Nintendo and Genesis in 94 was made by, it says Sunsoft, but Blizzard actually made this. Blizzard's the company that made World of Warcraft, eventually went on to make all those games, Starcraft and whatever. But before they were known for that, they were making games like this, and it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up once again. But, uh, yeah, oh, also, yeah, Kotaku, my favorite video game site now, uh, they also had this article about a year ago or so, and they mm. said it was basically entitled Blizzard Made the Best Superman Game back in 94. So um, I tend to agree. I think this is probably the best one. And uh, I, I mean, for me, the thing is, it may have been the best Superman game at the time, but that's a really low bar. The issue, <laughs> <laughs> the issue is the game as a beat-em-up. Because in 1994, you had already seen amazing games like Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, Final Fight. All right, of these right, games right. are just top-notch and still hold up today. But when I play this one, I feel like it's just amateurish in comparison. It doesn't mean it's bad, but it's not as good as a 1994 game following Streets of Rage, I believe, 1 and 2 at that point. It just, that is just true. doesn't hold up to them. But it's Streets of Rage and leagues ahead. Let me ask you this, Mike. In Streets of Rage, could you play a Superman, Superboy, Steel, Cyborg Superman, <laughs> The Eradicator, and Doomsday? No. You could play as no. Doomsday in this? 
I it said it's they're in that list. Actually, I don't think you can play as Doomsday, but you can play as the rest of them. It's like if you want to ki- if you like killing everybody today, play as Doomsday. <laughs> that would be cool if you could. You could play as <laughs> Metropolis. You could play as Doomsday in uh in Justice 1, I think. Mm. Um but yeah, so actually I'm seeing another date here, June 1st, 95. Anyway, it's about that time. So yeah. It's just cool you can play as all those characters. I think that's the main draw is just having all those different yeah. um, characters to play it's as. It's cool getting to be mm-hmm. Steel from what we're seeing right now and then potentially the Eradicator. Yeah. Um, the plot is basically when an unknown monster named Doomsday invades Metropolis, Superman must fight him in an epic and fierce battle to save the city, much like the comic it's based on. Uh, events that take place in the game are... Uh, the Underworlders attack on the power plant, Doomsday's appearance and defeat victory, defeat or victory, defeat slash victory against Superman, uh, Cyborg's assault on Cadmus to retrieve the body of Doomsday, the battle between Eradicator and Steel, the, destruct, the destruction of Coast City, and the subsequent fight between Eradicator and the Cyborg, Cyborg Superman, I'm assuming. So, Yeah. Um, and it's like you've seen, it's, it's a beat-em-up mostly um, with some side-scrolling parts, uh, side-scroll flying parts like you see here with the Eradicator, um, and it has special moves and, and, and shit like that. But, um, yeah, actually, Mike, Defunct Games, once again, our friends at Defunct Games had something very similar to what you said, so I wanted you to relay the message. The Death and Return of Superman is not the best beat-em-up I played on the Super Nintendo. I personally prefer Batman Returns. However, it's easily one of the best Superman games I ever played. The story was told well, if a bit rushed, and the combat is satisfying, if a bit uninspired. The members of Blizzard should be considered gods among men. If they could make a good game revolving around (laughs) Superman, then they could pretty much do anything. I think their best game was Rock and Roll Racing. What are we giving this one? Look cool. I'm going to give it an A. A? Okay. Mm-hmm. You agree with the A, Mike? I I think that it was... Uh, I'm in the BC territory. Yeah, C. I figured. You're tough. Well, yeah, because I remember, Mike, you were mentioning that like it was sort of below standards at that time. Because like, to me, it's cool because of the characters, but just watching it, I was like, it's kind of boring looking. But The, the combos are boring. <laughs> you know? I couldn't find that there were any... like. I think there were just no invincibility frames when you got going, so you would get knocked out of your combos a lot. And I just feel like they ignored a lot of what was clearly learned from the beat-em-up genre, which was king of the arcades for quite a while. That Um, is true. And then, of course, Streets of Rage, the home version, was phenomenally good. Arcade perfect. (laughs) Or close to it. It was close. Without an arcade. Right. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think I would put this game at a B. Yeah. I, I think that the graphics were really nice. I like the designs. I like that there's diversity in the characters, the roster, even though they didn't really feel that different to me to play each character. It's still, at that time, if I had played it, then I might have thought, hey, that's pretty cool. I'm all these different supermen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give it a B just because like, it's cool that they did the storyline and you get to be the Eradicator or Steel and all that type of stuff, but also just kind of looking at it, uh, I could see what you were meant mike in terms of just like oh, this is probably not as good as it could have been mm-hmm. i'm gonna agree with you guys it's it's not an a it's just not definitely not an s it's it's a b i think and but the thing mm-hmm. is that's what a that's how high the highest superman game can go <laughs> probably <laughs> it's the it's the best b out of this b list we could yeah we could put it yeah. that way 
So it has that going for it. Yeah. I don't know. I might want to play the arcade board from 88 instead. <laughs> I didn't know you were so tough on, uh, <laughs> on, on, I, I was an arcade shit. rat. You were I was an arcade super... rat. And like, if you get, you know, I remember the game boy, I, I didn't get one at the time. Cause I was like, this looks like trash. Why would I get this? <laughs> That's all the I ever were... had for a long time was a game boy. <laughs> there just weren't like a lot of arcades around us. I guess there was like a skating rink that had like a small one, but they always had very few games I was interested in. The only one I ever remember playing was like a Jurassic Park one. So the, the next one and the last one for part one of our series is Superman for Game Boy. It was made by Titus France Software. Titus, they're very famous now because they're the ones that made Superman 64. Okay. Oh. It's the same company made, <laughs> made that, made this one. Okay. Um, so in this one, in each level, the player must collect a certain number of keys and possibly fight a boss. Uh, and then you stepped on a mark and then you stepped on a marked area to leave. And that's basically it. You leave the level. Um, so played this one earlier today. And I got to say, collecting keys is the video game version of saying in today's society. In an essay, it is the most boring, yeah. worst video game thing you can do, unless you're early on like Atari games and you're and you're just starting with video games. But even by this time, which was '97, by the way, uh, it's just terrible. And like the, these these villains are like gangsters. Snipers? One of them looks like an old grandma holding an Uzi or something. <laughs> like, it's just, it's bad. Like, ta- they were already on a roll with this game before they even got to Superman 64. But, yeah. yeah. This was definitely, for me, this is like, I can't make this game. I can't make a game. But I can still look at this and say, this is not how it should be. It's, Absolutely it's bad. not. What well, I don't understand. And here's, in this flying stage, you can fall to your death. Yes, you can. <laughs> what? Which that also that's a that's a common gameplay mechanic, but it just doesn't make sense for Superman. Mm-hmm. And that's and again another hint for the next episode, but like these are the issues we run into, right? You have normal gameplay mechanics that just don't work yeah. with Superman. You've, you've just taken some mediocre random, you know, craptastic idea and slapped the Superman skin on it and said, here you go, kids. It is fucking terrible. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> so, <I agree. laughs> GameSpot had this to say about the game. Superman for the Game Boy is an obscure game produced by Titus, the same company that made the infamous Superman 64. Considering how bad that game was, I wasn't expecting much when I played this. Unfortunately, it fell below even my lowest expectations. Superman 64 at least tried to live up to the Superman that can be seen in comics, on various TV shows, and in several movies. But this game doesn't even make the attempt. Superman 64 had horrible gameplay and terrible graphics, but at least it looked like it was about Superman. The Superman in this video game could be replaced with a generic hero, and no one would notice that the character had any similarities to Superman. That, combined with the terrible gameplay, makes this one of the worst Game Boy games that I've ever played! Wow. (laughs) He didn't like it. 
That's that's fair. Doesn't sound like it's it. a fair review. <laughs> he didn't like that game. It's it's an F for sure for me. For me, <laughs> is, it's an F. Is there a G rating? That we can <laughs> <give> it? <laughs> it is just, bad. Just imagine that you're scrolling down and you get somewhere to maybe around Z. That's where you'll find it. It's sad too because I love the animated series, and it's it's obviously based on the animated series, but it looks really boring. Yes, it's it's from '97 that the show was going on at that time, and yeah, uh, it's not from the show. It's a key hunt. Yeah, (laughs) fucking keys. Did you? Is that what you tuned in every day for? We we missed that episode. (laughs) It was an Emmy award-winning episode written by Paul Dini, where Superman's trying to find the keys. The key hunt. First appearance of Harley Quinn. She's getting some keys. Ninety-seven, and it was still green screen like that. I thought they had moved on to Game Boy Color by then. Am I wrong? Yeah, there was a Game Boy. Boy They had moved on, but the footage I had was from that. Okay. We're just giving this one an F. We're giving it an F, right? We're just okay. giving it. Skip to that part. Giving yeah. it an F. All right. So here are our rankings for part one of our two-parter series. Um, we'll have a lot more Bs than we expected. We will continue this and finish it out in the next episode. But uh, thanks, everybody. And that superhero stuff you should know. Alright, thanks everybody for uh, indulging me once again with this video game shit. always enjoy talking about it. Um, so, uh, we do have our comments, so let's get into it. Yes, we do. So, let's pull up the first uh, comment. But uh, the first comment comes from, I believe, Kieran Jones. So, Kieran, let's see what you have to say on our Make the Batfleck movie uh, episode saying, Just to correct Jake, our guest from the Batfeed, around 2638. As far as I can tell, Enchantress was always there and worked for Steppenwolf to a degree. She was controlled by a mother box and created her versions of parademons to help Steppenwolf lead his charge on Earth, which would have been seen in Justice League. That's pretty cool. That would have been a very interesting setup for the Justice League stuff, Kieran. Thanks for that information. Uh, Definitely would want to dig into that. We would cover the Suicide Squad movie if and only if Warner Brothers releases the air cut. Until then, it will forever be the uh, the review that we did back in 2016. <laughs> they got like All a right. shitload of hashtags going on on Twitter, right? For yeah, for at least the air cut for like the other day, and they started leaking some stuff out there, certain script parts that air confirmed to be actually stuff that he shot. Even okay. like the kiss between Harley and Deadshot, uh, some lines from Batman, some Joker moments where Joker like ends up spooking a judge by showing up in his bed like some sorts of stuff like that and like this is all interesting stuff i don't know how this all connects together but we'd love to see how it comes together in the full air cut if they ever release that i saw cool. some dialogue between harley and joker and it still was kind of cringy so yeah i don't know i'm on the fence <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right next comment uh next is from maestro drake's metalman on the Batman 89 number one uh, essay that we did, saying, quote, glad to hear this was not a cosmetic field to a traditional Batman comic. Batman 89 was the first I saw as a child in that theater. I think many people who are listening to this show feel the same way. Will you be reviewing Superman 78 also, uh, the comic, I believe? I imagine there will be a tribute in that one. I imagine there will be a a ton of Easter eggs. We will definitely have some sort of coverage of it, but probably not the same type of video essay coverage as before potentially a podcast episode we'll just have to see when they come up but we'll definitely be following it and uh let you guys know 
We might put stuff like that even in the TikTok, huh? What do you think? Like a real quick review. This is what I thought. Mm -hmm. Anything that's kind of like, well, it's not minor, but it's, uh, yeah, it's not going to be given the same treatment, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. Because, I mean, the glory of the Batman 89 comic series is like, here's this hidden chapter. And now Mm -hmm. there's like this resurgence of this specific type of world. As opposed to, you know, we've seen so much of the Christopher Reeve movies. He had four movies, and then Superman Returns was kind of a tie-in to that, uh, depending on your feelings on that movie, uh, and whether or not you think that's canon to that. But either way, like, he still had four movies Mm -hmm. in that continuity, and the comic stuff could, cool in a cool way, explore some new stuff, but we'll just have to see on that. So I'm looking forward to it anyway. Okay, cool. Right. And then last one, the last comment comes from DC Knight on our preview clip for the uh, many Killers of the Waynes episode, saying, "I would love to see a Batman versus the Zodiac Killer comic. It would be, it would need to be Elseworlds and set in the '60s, though. Yeah, kind of like a, a 1960s Zodiac Killer Gotham by Gaslight type of thing. Would it be Adam West? A different serial killer. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that. That might be a little bit too much for Adam West. A sign like of a Sagittarius. Dark Adam West. <laughs> 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 He's toying with us, Commissioner. I don't know about that. You foul fiend. <laughs> I'd watch it, though. <laughs> Some days you just can't get rid of a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be Adam West, but it would be cool. It would be cool to see Batman versus the Zodiac Killer. I agree. Yes. So thanks for that, DC Knight. Nice. All right, uh, thanks for then, those. Back to Andrew. Yes, thank you for those comments. And we'd like to also thank our Patreon supporters. Who are Shasta, Leom O, Super Emperorman, Douglas P, Dan D, Aaron Willett, Nick Noir, Jesse E, Jeffrey R, Scott V, Asgaz Webb, Jeremy H, Alex of the What Mean Podcast, Ian Justice, Carter S, and Braxton W. Did I miss anybody, Ben? We're good. We're good. Okay, great. And then we have our other supporters, uh, Sparkageddon, SCCT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kooky Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Ian H, Walter the Robot, John Wells, Rye Guy, Jackson Putnam and Tway N. Thank you guys for uh, being a part of uh, this here uh, podcast. I always uh, appreciate it. And please join the Shasta Army. It's at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. That's the $1 tier gets you a shout out in the episode. And then we have our members only Patreon feed at the $5 tier. And, uh, yeah, that's a whole other show released every Friday, even deeper dives all the time, everybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, please join us there. And please buy our shit, superhousepod.redbubble.com, superhouse, su- superhousepod.redbubble.com, superherostuffpod.threadless.com, and get your shirts get your uh, mugs get all kinds of shit we will be adding zach's uh, soon i know we keep talking about that um but uh we'll add it <laughs> zach's waiting yep. he is waiting for that so um, <laughs> can't yep. wait this artwork here also that you can see on the youtube version and the one that will be added uh of zach is uh from wolfie cruz also have to mention that please send us some audio of fucking whatever the fuck and add that to our uh <laughs> Our, we will add that to our episode, and you can send an audio sample uh, to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. Also, please animate our sketches. Just let us know you did it and hashtag it. Please, that would be awesome. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives on YouTube, where I do all kinds of Japanese shit on there as well. 
ThunderwolfDrew.com is my portfolio. It has everything on there except for AminoRecon.com has my other stuff. And Zach did this poster here. This is something that I'm in pre-production for. And, um, yeah, it's basically an R-rated Power Rangers meets X-Files, but it is an original idea. Um, but that's the quickest way. That's my elevator pitch for it. So there you go. It's got, as you can see, it's got aliens and it's got people that wear sci-fi suits, sort of reminiscent of that of tokusatsu, which is Japanese special effects, um, which is Power Rangers shit. So there you go. And remember, it's R-rated and it's horror. So, yeah, check that out. AminoRecon.com, A-M-A-N-O. R-E-C-O-N.com. That's it for me, Ben. Also, shout out to Comic Capital on Instagram as well as the Everything Entertainment uh, Club on Clubhouse. Our Twitter is Superhouse Pod. Our Instagram, however, is Superhero Stuff Pod. TikTok, Superhero Stuff Pod. Vero, for the Snyder fans, Superhero Stuff Pod. My website is BenWanWriter.com. My channel for on YouTube is in the description below. Early Bird is an upcoming children's comic where we are revamping the art on a new edition as well as some of the writing stuff I want to do on it, but you can check out the early version in the earl-e-bird.com website in the description below as well. My personal Instagram is BenWanWriter. My son's Instagram, my cat, Alfred, is at AlfiePennyworthCat. And if you also have a cat, then you can also get Whiskerbox in the uh, link that we have for our affiliates. And if you don't have a cat but you have a dog, you can also get <laughs> BarkBox. For your canine friend that is at superherostuffpod.com slash shop where we have our own links for a bark box where you where you'll get your first month off free and uh, as well as find other affiliate links for stuff like amazon ebay and uh, all sorts of other good shit that will not only help expand your collection but also help us out a little bit over to zach well, as you can see here in the visual if you would like to see even more of my artwork you can go to ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com and you can also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Also, Zachary Jackson Brown Art. Great. All right, everybody. I guess that's it. And, uh, you know, I want you to tell all your friends about me. About you? <laughs> about me. About us. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> I want you to do us a favor. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Backtrack. Mike, thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you. A pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. I got nothing to promote in particular. I'm an ESL teacher. Just do me a favor. Treat people right and support the arts you love. Thanks, all. Thanks, man. That's a better ending message. And now I want you to do us a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about us. What are you? <laughs> Indeed! Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 